2019 Summit Q&A Replay, Eliminating Hourly Billing with Alternative Fee Arrangements with Stephanie Everett, Neil Tyra, Christopher Anderson, and Melanie Leonard, Episode 177. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Profit With Law podcast. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel, and today we continue our snippets of conversation from our 2019 Q&A. Today's replay is a, call, a, a question that was asked on day five of the Law Firm Growth Summit in 2019. Yes, we had five days um, the first time we ran this. Uh, this time we're packing everything into three days. Um and it was uh, around the concept of alternative fee arrangements. She's moving her practice to flat fee billing and is trying to navigate or understand how to completely eliminate the need for any sort of hourly billing in her practice. Great conversation. And our panelists answering this question are Stephanie Everett, Neil Tyra, Christopher Anderson, and Melanie Leonard. Now, if you haven't yet signed up for the Law Firm Growth Summit, it's happening February 9th to the 11th. At the time this is being released, it's literally just a couple of days away. So you want to make sure that you grab your free ticket at lawfirmgrowthsummit.com. We have an a even uh, more exciting uh, lineup this time around. We're doing the event very differently. This event is being delivered live. It is essentially a in-person conference that's happening virtually. Uh, we've expanded the ability to be able to network with others at the event. Uh, we have added entertainment. Uh, we're going to have a live concert on the first night of the event at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we have keynote speakers, Mike Michalowicz, author of Profit First, Kevin Harrington, the original shark from Shark Tank. And uh, um, uh, David Neagle um, from Life Is Now. He's a uh, internationally known and acclaimed uh, business coach. And many of our speakers at the event are actually have been clients at some point of David's. So uh, real talent. Um, and then I've also invited Bill Hauser from SMB Team uh, to do a keynote. Um, that I'm really excited about because he's been doing a lot of public-facing uh, uh, mindset and and productivity hacking um, online, and uh, he's going to bring that to you in a session in a keynote discussion. On I think it's on day two. I don't have the agenda in front of me. So uh, there's a ton of stuff happening at the Law Firm Growth Summit, and I'm super excited to share that with you. And you can go to lawfirmgrowthsummit.com and get a free limited pass right now. Uh, if you want to attend the breakout sessions, uh, the hands-on workshops, you're going to want to upgrade to the all-access pass after you after you register for your free pass. Uh, and if you may not attend uh, all the days, or you may not, uh, or you want to get more than one breakout session in a time slot, you're going to want to get access to the recordings, and that requires a VIP pass. So. 
definitely go and take advantage of that. I look forward to seeing you at the event on February 9th, lawfirmgrowthsummit.com. And now I'm just going to break off to hear a word from our sponsors, and we're going to get into that Q&A discussion. Let me share an exciting tool that I recently came across that is a game changer for law firms that bill hourly or by the project, otherwise known as flat fee billing. The 2020 Legal Trends Report published by Clio rates how important various items are in a client choosing your firm. You may be surprised to know that the third most important decision factor for someone choosing a lawyer is the ability to pay with a payment plan. The challenge that law firm owners face is the risk of a client not making good on that payment plan. Most attorneys don't offer payment plans because of that. The problem is now, is now solved with LawFunder. LawFunder allows you to easily add a payment option to all your client invoices and retainer replenishment requests that does not require credit checks, applications, or any other complex process. The client's able to use their existing credit cards, allowing them to earn points and miles, access credit card specials on interest rates, and any other tools they use to manage their cash. When I saw this tool... I was blown away. Most importantly, it removes all the risk from the law firm and makes an easy and painless process to the payment process. So if you want to check off the box on one of the top factors in new client decisions, if you want to decrease your accounts receivable and get paid immediately, LawFunder is the solution. Go to lawfunder.com. That's lawfundar.com forward slash profit with law to learn more. So um, watching Stephanie's presentation really, it almost repeated what some of the complaints I've heard from some clients about this is so expensive and I have a set price. Um, and it just got me thinking, you know, not right away, but throughout the year, what should I be looking at as I, I look to phase out using an hourly rate and going to more of a flat fee structure for particularly divorce and especially contested divorce? All right. Awesome. Hey, Melissa, thanks for asking that question. Um, so right now you're not doing any flat fees. You're just considering this, right? I do flat fees with my state planning side of my practice, but divorce, guardianships, probates are all hourly rates. Yeah. So there, you know, one, there's a couple of different ways that people are structuring flat fees in, in family law cases. So it's totally doable. And there's, um, you know, there's several different models out there for you to experiment with. Um, specifically, you know, you asked about how you can phase it out. And I love that that's how you're thinking about it, because I think that this is the beauty of your um, practice and where you are right now is that you have, you can experiment. You don't, you can test this and you can figure out what's going to work for you and for your clients. Um, I always tell people like, you don't have to go all in and suddenly, you know, January one, you're like, that's it. I'm, this is the way I go. You can simply, um, start maybe, maybe start small with some things, you know, it is, it is a little bit, um, what's the right word. It can be a challenge to figure out how to price things in the beginning, because I think the billable hour is so easy to price. You just set a rate and then however much out, you know, however much time you spend on it ends up being the price. And obviously, when you move away from that and you go to a different pricing model, it requires a lot more thought on the front end. So the beauty of it is maybe pick a couple of aspects of your family law cases that you would feel comfortable starting out with a flat fee. So maybe it's not an all-in contested divorce. It's an uncontested divorce case. Or maybe it's a guardianship 
hearing, or maybe you're going to just represent someone at the mediation. You know, you know your work cycle and you know it well enough to probably discern a few discrete pieces. Start there, um, look at some pricing options for that, and then test it with some clients and see how it goes. And, the, you know, I would say the same thing. I think someone else asked about contested probate cases. The same thing, like pick you. So there's a couple of different ways that people are doing this, especially in contested litigation. One is sort of like the menu option. I've got a family law lawyer in California and she has figured out a flat fee for every aspect of a case. So a hearing, this type of hearing is one price and this kind of motions one price and this much discovery, right? So that's one option. Um, there's another guy in Chicago and he's doing it more on a monthly basis and he resets the price every three months, depending on where you are in the case. So if you're in the discovery phase, that 90 day price may look different than if you're in um, the mediation phase and that may be a different three month price. I hope that makes sense to you guys. Um, but I guess my key message is that you pick a little aspect of your practice start there, start experimenting, and then see how that goes. And then you can adjust and learn and learn because you will, you're going to learn things. You're not going to get it right necessarily the first time around. Be okay with that. No judgment and just keep going. Okay. Would you recommend looking back historically, like at the different phases, how much time is going into say getting that initial complaint filed, discovery, mediation? I think that's where most people start. And absolutely, that's a good place for you to start. I think that needs to be part of your consideration. The beauty of flat fees, though, is that you have the opportunity to now leverage things. And so if you think about how a flat fee works versus, you know, in a billable hour model, what's your incentive? It's for you, the, the person who bills the most at your firm, to spend time working on that matter. Now, when you go to flat fees, the incentive completely changes and you want to use your, you know, you want to leverage those cases more. You want to automate things, use technology maybe differently. Maybe you're going to delegate different types of work to other people in your firm who would normally bill out at a lower rate. Um, so the, how much time you spend on it certainly is an aspect of that case of, or of that fee. Um, how you can potentially leverage your team and technology should be a consideration because obviously you want to drive that profit margin up. Um, the other thing that you need to consider is what does the client, how do they value it? Um, I think I probably used this example. Um, I apologize because I recorded, you know, several weeks ago, so I can't always remember. And I talk about this stuff a lot, so I forget what I say. But I'd probably use the example of when I hired a lawyer to get a license for my husband, we have a business and we needed to get a license. He picked up the phone and because he had a relationship with the woman at the Department of Revenue that we needed to push our paperwork through and get the license, he was able to get that license for us with relatively little time, right? That's not what I was paying for. I was paying actually for the result. I was paying for the fact that he had a relationship. He could call our investigator on her cell phone and say, hey, push this thing through. And so that was, to me, that was worth $2,500 on the front end. I was like, this is dumb and I shouldn't have to pay a lawyer to do this, but that's what it was worth to me. He ended up charging me by the hour and he only charged me $784, which I thought left money on the table because he didn't take the time to stop and think about what is it from my perspective when I was sitting in the client's shoes, how did I value those services? 
So I think that, you know, your time is certainly an aspect of how you price things, but there's more to the consider, you know, there's more to it than that. And I think you um, just need to look at it from all angles and, and, and figure out what would work best for you and for your clients. Awesome, Stephanie. Uh, Melanie, do you have anything you want to add? Christopher? Yeah, I, I, I was going to give the exact same advice as far as looking back at the history of, you know, the different aspects of what you're billing for. But the reality is it's pretty rare for clients to say, oh no, I don't want to do a flat fee. I'd rather do it hourly. So when we talk about how do you phase it out? Well, for your clients, they're probably not going to know any different. I mean, unless it's a repeat client, in which case they may be thrilled about it. Um, so I really think we're talking about how are you as a business owner going to feel comfortable with it? And so that's why I point to the look at the history, you know, how long does it take you guys to prepare a complaint and get it filed and all that? Um, and I agree with Stephanie, that doesn't mean that you need to base your billing on that necessarily. Um, you know, we want to look at the value it's providing to the client and everything else, but I do think it's a good place to start for your own comfort letter level to say, Hey, if I was doing this hourly, at least now I'm covering what I would have been doing hourly and then take it from there to decide, you know, is this a huge value to my clients? And cause, cause Stephanie's right. They're playing for the outcome. You know, they, they frankly don't care how long it takes you in most cases, as long as it gets done. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what I think we're looking at is what makes you as a business owner comfortable in, in making that decision. Melissa, let, can I share with you how I introduced flat rate billing to my family law practice? Yes, that would be great, Neil. Yes. So first off, you absolutely 100% have to look back historically um, to the data to determine what it costs you to do a case in, in family law. And if you don't have that data, you need to start collecting it. And there was a, there was a, question in the chat room said, well, how do you address emails and, and, um, you know, phone calls, uh, uh, with, with clients in a flat, uh, fee model? Well, that has to be understood when you evaluate what it takes to, um, to service a client in a family law case, you need to know exactly what your average, you know, uh, kind of expenditure is on a per case basis. And then following Melanie's advice, I mean, um, Stephanie's advice, you then want to tweak that number a little bit for various factors. So it's kind of how you come up with, with the price. And then what I did was I first introduced flat fee for uncontested. Okay. That was pretty, pretty straightforward. Or um, if I knew in, in a custody situation or really even in a divorce situation, if the other side was going to default, if I was pretty sure that the other side was going to default. Um, those, were the, those were the two uh, scenarios that I introduced flat, flat fees first. Then what I did was I added a second level flat fee. So I had um, a flat fee for lightly contested family law cases. And these are where cases where the parties were still on speaking terms and kind of relatively, you know, uh, reasonable in terms of working things out, but they just needed an attorney to help, help push them across the finish line. Uh, so that was lightly contested. And then there was a 
a third flat fee for fully contested. Now, what I did with, with the, the lightly contested and the fully contested flat fees, I also gave them the option of doing it as a, on an hourly basis. And so if they chose the flat fee, I was adding a premium to that amount as insurance against it, you know, kind of blowing up in my face. Um, so they had the one of those two options. And you, the key there is you have to have specific criteria was what would trigger this to be, um, you know, the next level. And you put a, an option in your retainer agreement that says, if this, you know, uncontested divorce fee for which I'm on divorce case for which I'm only charging you this one, this small flat fee, if it becomes lightly contested, and this is the criteria for becoming lightly contested, then the flat fee would be increasing, be expected to pay the difference. Um, and then same way going from the lightly contested to the fully contested. And that way there was an opportunity to adjust the flat fee depending on what happens in the case, or if they weren't comfortable with that contingency kind of structure built into the flat fee model, they could opt for the hourly. And I had most, since I've introduced that, the vast majority, to the extent that I'm still doing some family law cases, the vast majority have chosen the flat fee option. So that's, that's one way to approach it. Okay. I, I like that approach, um, especially having a trigger for, because everybody says it's going to be uncontested and it never ends up that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you can look back on your cases and kind of figure out what was that trigger, you know, and, and, um, uh, you know, like I, I have it in, in my case that I want a written statement or written um, a notice from the, the spouse and or their, their counsel that yes, they anticipate that this is uncontested. You know, that's like kind of one of the steps. And so that we, they want to proceed on an uncontested basis. So we get that in, in you know, some type of, uh, of confirmation. And uh, if they're hesitant to do that, that's the red flag for me that, okay, maybe this isn't, this isn't as uncontested as you say it is. Um, so you can look at, build up a list of criteria, assign them for the different levels, what, wh whatever works in your practice, in your jurisdiction, and use that to structure the stepping stone kind of approach to introducing the flat fee model. Christopher, anything to add? Yeah. Um... I think it's important to actually think about this in a, in a different way. Um, it, it's very tempting, you know, all of us that have practiced law, um, think of it from the delivery perspective, think of it from the time that's invested, think about it from the level of cost that it takes to deliver the case. I think Melanie said it and Stephanie said it. And it, it, the clients aren't thinking from that perspective at all. Um, they don't care. Uh, and, and we have to be careful about what kind of law we practice and what kind of, and even within what kind of law, what level we're practicing at. If you're at a commodity level, sometimes it is cost plus, right? McDonald's is cost plus. They know the cost of their ingredients and they have to deliver at a cost plus that gives them the profit margin. But generally speaking, out there in the world, 
there's only two things that people would prefer to pay for by the hour. And this joke goes over really well for some reason in Salt Lake City and not at all in Tulsa. But the two things that people would rather pay for by the hour, Melanie, can you give me one of them? No. No? Anybody? All right, I'll do it. Parking. People would rather pay for parking by the hour. And the other one, we all know. Uh, and, and That's so, where I was going. I got that right away. There you go. And <laughs> Some people would rather pay for that by the minute, I think. Maybe. Maybe. maybe along with the room. Um, but so, so people want to pay for what they get, for the value. And when we get hung up about what it's going to cost to deliver the value, what I suggest is a different way of thinking about it, which is understand the value to the client. And the more valuable it is to the client, the more you can charge. And then when you can charge more, you then can understand how much more you can deliver. If I can charge twice as much, think of all the things I could do that I can't do in this case if I charge half as much. Think of the experience I can deliver to the client if I can deliver twice, if I can charge twice as much than if I can deliver half as much. But if it's not worth it to the client to get that delivery, then it's not worth it to them. And so I think Neil was talking about, you give them, there's, there's, you know, he, Neil was talking about contested, uncontested. Yeah. Or, but you know, in all our practice areas, it's, you know, it's the low, the, 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 the small, the medium and the large, right. And, and we, we can give them a choice as to what they're going to get for the amount that they invest on a monthly basis or on a total flat fee. And, you know, when we worried about what it's going to cost, just think about it. If you've ever been to an all you can eat, right? How do they control that? How do they make sure, how does the restaurant make sure that you don't take them to the cleaners? Well, you know what? All you can eat, you don't get to go with a bucket and shovel out the food, right? They deliver it to you on a timely basis, um, but, but at a metered basis so that they can control the experience based on what you bought. You know, and, and, and I remember when I was in the IT business, we had service level agreements. You want, you want a one hour callback? That's here. 24 hours is here. 72 hours is here. You get to pick your experience. And then you, Melissa, get to decide how to deliver that so that you're delivering value. But to me, it's always thinking about the value to the customer first, and then based on what I can charge, what can I deliver by knowing the cost of my deliverables where I can still make a profit? Rather than marking up, I like to take the value to the client and then fit what I can in value-wise. That's sort of the, the twist that I wanted to present. That's it. And that's hard because we all have our own preconceived notions of what we think the value is, which is never, by the way, the same of what the value no. of the actual client is. So that's where a lot of thought has to go into it or a lot of observation of your clients possibly to figure out, you know, well, how are they valuing this? Because me as an attorney is providing the service. I'll probably never have that same perspective as the client does. No, you got to ask them the questions. You got to talk. Yeah. 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 And you got to talk to your clients. You're going to learn so much. And speaking about value, it's your job as a salesman to demonstrate the value to the client. So it's not what their perceived value is, but it's how you can demonstrate to them that that's the perceived value. So it, it, you know, they might walk in the door with a certain value in mind, but if you can make a value proposition better than that, 
then you know they they then see the value in what you're offering. Um, I do want to I, I do want to put one final note of mine on the end of this. Um, I love everyone's answers, and you got a ton of great information. But I think that going back to the basics of how do I get my feet wet with flat fee pricing, Melissa? Do you charge for consultations right now? Yes, I do. Okay, you already do flat fee pricing. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so it's the same thing, except it's a much grander scale. So how did you determine what your consultation fee was going to be? How do you know if it's profitable for you? Um, I, I tested it out at different levels and found. So you already have the answer because exactly what you did for that, that's what you do for the next step. So I, you know, just break your client journey up into pieces and start adding pieces along the way. It's kind of like building a railroad track with a toy train set you know you put on one piece the second piece the third piece it looks like a really short track and it does it's not a lot of fun to play with but eventually you finish the circle or you finish the figure eight and now you could drive the train around it um i you know i i think that that's that's what you just need to do is is start laying the groundwork by just figuring out what's the next step your client needs to take after the consultation and then sell that as a separate component all right yeah no i i got a lot of great advice because I, I thought it had to be it could be as simple as looking back historically and then just adding onto it because that, that may not work for every client out there. And I like the talks about what does the client perceive the value of having the attorney help them reach that result? Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm also going to direct you to the podcast, Profit With Law. I have two episodes for you. One is called The Death of the Bill Billable Hour and the other is The Anatomy of Flat Fee Pricing uh, that I think would help you as well. They're episodes 26 and 27. Um, probably the information you got on this call is better than those two episodes, but um, some extra listening for you. All right. Thank you. Have you been enjoying the show? We sure hope so. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player app. Next week, we will be back with more valuable resources and ideas on how to break the mold and take your law firm to the next level.